Hello, and welcome to The Fast and the Fictitious. This podcast series is produced and recorded by high school juniors and seniors producing a college literature credit from Suella Technical Community College in Lake Charles, Louisiana during the fall 2023 semester. The course itself is live streamed five days a week to seven different area high schools as one of Calcasieu Parish School Board's virtual instruction program dual enrollment courses. The idea behind this podcast is for students to have a discussion about big ideas or big issues. Each episode has an anchor text, a short story from a variety of authors, ranging from Ernest Hemingway to Kate Chopin to David Foster Wallace and everyone in between. Using the short story as a guide, each pair of students touch on a variety of topics. Sometimes they do a little critical analysis of the assigned text. Often they talk about larger social or personal issues. In each case, the discussion is open and honest. The hope is that these students will have thought deeply about the issues and topics and that the current and future listeners, whether students or not, will gain some insight into the anchor text as well as do a little self-examination of their own lives, thoughts, and feelings. In this episode, students Kalia and Kyler discuss Franz Kafka's story, A Hunger Artist, by questioning why we put so much stock in the value of social media. They also address falling prey to trends, the importance of perspective when it comes to social media, feeding our brains on background noise, the epidemic of low attention spans, how trends influence our perceptions and cheapen the value of things, what defines good art, how we form group connections via mindless art, abstract art, intention versus perception, and how the intention of getting attention factors into the art people produce and maybe a little whip and nay nay too okay kyler so um when you get on social media what is your social media of choice Ooh, social media of choice honestly i don't really have any social media or at least i try and avoid it as much as possible because i know of the impacts that it can have on your psyche and stuff but if i had to choose it would probably be Discord. That's the okay. one I'm on the most. So why is that? It's the one where I can connect with people in a way that's a little bit different than other social media platforms. Doesn't feel like as much of a of a competition for for who's the most popular, and it doesn't feel like it's like I, I feel like I can connect with people a bit more genuinely on on that platform compared to others. But I mean, there's others that are similar to it. That's fair. So, like, whenever you get on Discord and you connect with people, like, it feels more genuine, you said. And why do you think that is? Because at least with a platform like that, there's opportunities to kind of find your own niche, your own community that you can get along with, that you can relate to, and that you can find interesting things to do together. Whether it be you play a game, you have a conversation, you watch something together, or you just talk about something, I feel like over on that platform, it, it feels a lot less like I'm like I'm, you know, just trying to get some kind of attention. Like I'm able to work with just a few people who I get along with, and, and I and I enjoy spending time with. Yeah, I think that's a really fair, um, really fair opinion. I honestly, I only just recently uh, got on Discord. And mm -hmm. I honestly haven't seen it so much as a social media app because it's so, like, it's not really about posting stuff. 
yeah to get gratified you know it's more about like making connections with people yeah um because like when i think of social media i think more about you know influencers trends like posting what you ate and stuff like that um and i tend to fall prey to that a lot i mean you can't you can't blame yourself at all because right. it's everywhere it is and um i whenever i like get on say tiktok or instagram or something like that it's i don't tend to post a whole lot but whenever you see other people posting you can kind of like get get a little um carried away you know yeah <laughs> um so why why do you think social media could be a good thing and why do you think it could be a bad thing oh man that's a good question it's really just depends on what perspective you have going into it you know social media it is such a such a wide platform that has so many different angles that it can be approached from it can be approached from a educational perspective where you want to learn something from social media and it's just an opportunity to connect with those who will provide you educational value on the other hand it can you know show you these trends and these uh repetitive videos and these particular formats that are meant to grab attention and you know, constantly provide you with gratification so you stay on the platform. You know, that's why those posts or those comments or those likes uh, that, that you I'm sorry, those posts or comments that get a lot of likes, the reason why that happens is because they follow a particular format or algorithm or just process that is meant to draw people in. And I feel like that's, I mean, it's good in some ways, it's good in others. It sort of promotes people to have this mentality where if it doesn't get likes, if it doesn't get views, it's not valued equally. Right. You know, you can have small, you can have, you know, videos and or formats uh, of content that aren't going to get many views that are, you know, hour long plus that are not going to get many views. And right. the problem is those, those just don't get promoted as much as something that's bite size, 30 seconds to a minute. I think that's very true. Honestly, um, there's like these videos that have like split screen. So something will be going on on like one side while someone plays Subway Surfers on the other side. <laughs> and that scares me so much about what social media is doing to like our attention spans. And it's making things like it's making our brains just feed off of background noise, basically. Yeah. Like you said, there are other videos that can be like hour an hour long or something like that and be really like have depth and nuance and people just don't have the time or the energy to sit through it even though it may be something that's really worthwhile right yeah i mean oh man it's time and energy and there's one other thing that i was going to mention as well that that is truly being it's almost an epidemic nowadays it's just your attention span, the attention that you can give to a certain piece of media or content to the point where you're either, you know, it's just how long you can focus on it and give it your full undivided attention. You know, people will fight, or I guess not people, but platforms will fight for attention in any way that they can. You know, it's like it's watch time. Watch time produces money on these bigger platforms, on these social media platforms. That's why, you know, your TikTok can make so much money 
without running nearly as many ads. You know, ads that you can just flip by in an instant. You don't have to wait five seconds like you do on YouTube because they have a format that allows for such grand amounts of attention and so, such grand amounts of watch time to be obtained in a, in a much uh, faster way than something like YouTube. If you click on a YouTube video and it says 20 minutes, you know. That's an immediate turn off. Exactly. But if it's a 30 second quick snap of a finger and it's over, you get from, you know, you get from introduction to conclusion and all the climax in between in a minute. Yeah. I mean, I just tap one and it's over. And that's right. how those platforms get that watch time. And I mean, in in the hunger artist or in a hunger artist, you know, once again, it's about that attention. It's about how the hunger artist is craving that attention. It, it's mm -hmm. sort of similar to how these social media platforms do it. You know, right. you provide something that's unique, that's nuanced, right? And people are interested in that. But the thing is that over time, as yeah, exactly. They just it's not valued because it's not new. You're always right. searching for things in these in these social media platforms that are new, that are uh, you know, that have a lot of stakes on the line. And that's what the hunger artist provided at the beginning of the story, or really throughout the story, but that new that, that nuance, that sort of um I guess that uniqueness of it uh, sort of dwindled out because there was nothing new being added to it. That's how you gain attention these days. It can't be the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. It has to be a, a change up. It has to be, it's a big this, or it's a 100 days of this, or it's a hardcore this. Like, it has to be like right. that. This, yeah, yeah, especially. I, I feel like because of that, because you know the the more like the more time passes, the more technologically advanced we get, the faster that things tend to happen. Like I feel like trends are here for about like three days, and then they go out of style. And I feel like this like cheapens art and cheapens like what we think about it and how we ourselves make it. Because um, like I I mentioned this earlier, but I used to like sing and post and stuff. Um, but there's such an oversaturation of, because everybody can have a, a social media platform and everybody can post no matter where you are, unless like you don't have access to that kind of thing. But there's such an oversaturation of all of this art. And so that it makes it so easy to just get overwhelmed by it and yeah. become as meaningful to people because there's so much of it. Yeah, there's billions of hours, and I say that with a B, there are billions of hours of content just on YouTube. We're not even talking about all the tiny little minutes to, to 30 seconds to, you know, hey, you know, this Reddit post, this crazy thing happened. You know, there are so many of those, and they are so easy to mass produce that there's billions of hours of content on these, on these social media platforms, and it makes it so that it's very hard to gain a following very hard to gain any kind of major traction compared to you know let's say let's say seven seven eight years ago back in mid the mid 2010s right whenever social media was still unique you saw or whenever these social media trends are so unique you could have a trend that lasted for months like and i know this is a bit of a cheesy right. example but like <laughs> the whip and nene right you know silento's song it okay. was monumentous Right. I'm not saying I'm not saying uh, yes. 
But the point is, it it was part of popular popular trend. It was part of popular culture for months, right. if not years. I, re- I remember being a middle school boy or an elementary school boy doing that and thinking it was cool for a long period of time. While in contrast, these dance trends and these things that are that are created nowadays, these trends only last for a few weeks. It's old news by by next month. Yeah, it's it's a little a little scary. So, do you ever like? Do you get on social media at all, or you said you stay away from it? I try to. If, okay. if it's yeah. So, what do you find yourself? like gravitating towards whenever you do get on social media Mm, i guess because i've seen or i guess i've I've sort of told myself that trying that staying on this short term short form content isn't quite as beneficial to me and my attention span as longer form content i always try and find videos where i can sit down and watch it for 20 minutes 15 minutes any kind of time beyond you know maybe you know a one I'm sorry, a 30 second to three minute long video. I feel like I just want to go a little bit longer than that in terms of the content that I try to enjoy. Yeah. And I mean, you know, you said that you get on TikTok, you you spend time, you know, maybe watching YouTube shorts as well. I don't know if that's something that you do or not, but it's so it's every now and then. then, Yeah. I, I, I mean, I try to avoid those, but it's it's really hard to it's really hard to nowadays. It I is. mean, yeah, yeah. It, it's to the point now where, like you said, it's almost a little bit worrying about <laughs> how major and how significant it's impacting everybody's attention span, and it can influence you even outside of the uh, of social media. It can impact you in your day to day life. Like, do you know any examples of like how it could maybe influence you outside um. of? How, like, using social media or the content on social media? I mean, yeah, using social media, your attention span. Can it oh, influence? Yeah. Definitely. Um, I mean, it's, like like we've said, it's so easy to, it's so easy to navigate and to get pulled in by. So, you know, whenever you have a few extra minutes and you don't really want, feel like getting wrapped up in something else, it's easy to just sit down on your phone and look at it. And... Sometimes it's not so bad. Sometimes uh, social media can be like it's a way that I stay in touch with friends that I maybe don't talk to all the time. Um, like we send each other posts and it's it's funny or like I see someone post from halfway across the world and I learn something that I didn't know. Um, but then, you know, there's like just the stuff that you watch that you're not going to remember that you watched, you know, yeah. five minutes ago. Exactly. Um, yeah. And that's that's the the part of it that isn't so great um so for people that do like say that they um write a like write a song or write a comedy bit and they post it do you like what do you judge by what they've posted as good art or if you think it's just them trying to turn a profit mm-hmm. It really depends on intent. It, I mean, you could have somebody who puts their heart and soul into a into you know an indie film fifteen minute bit, or you could have somebody who just put corporate greed or just some kind of intent solely to make 
money and to build an audience rather than to actually genuinely create something that they love. Um, you know, just making stuff, making stuff just for the just for the the sake of making it and to make money. It really comes down to intent. And I arguably, I'd say one of the one of the biggest things in that in that aspect, you could say, is is music. Music is so dramatically uh different nowadays compared to like you know you have your music made with the intent of just making something beautiful making something that'll that'll you know that that takes a bit of yourself and projects it into that music and then you have music made nowadays that's the same thing over and over and over again not even in like a a sort of unique way sort of how remixes uh sort of add a twist onto previous music add a new flavor a new element it's just sort of it is, it's essentially the same format, essentially the same thing continuously. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't know if you heard uh, Elton John, and I think it was, it might have been Dua Lipa. They did a remake of Elton John's old songs. And it's so, like, I mean, yeah. this is my opinion, but it is so bad. Yeah. It, 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 or redone. But yeah. I feel like it's just the fact that they wanted to make money off of it again and make it profitable again. And people eat it up, and I don't get it. <laughs> it it's um, it, Go ahead. So do you, because, you know, this happens and people make music or they make films or they make, uh, like, art, as in, like, paintings and stuff, and it may be for the sake of money, but do you think th like good things could come out of that? It really just depends on the on the on the people that it influences. But yeah, I, I think that even though these things are done with the intent of of just making money, it can inspire people who don't want to make money, who want to just make something for the sake of being creative and expressing themselves. I feel like nowadays, you know, you have a lot of situations where these big, big trends are leading to people sort of finding a little bit new about themselves and, and being able to take that for, for more than just the, the dollars that it was made to be to, to be sold for. Um, yeah. It's, man, it just... That's that's especially one of the things. It's like those popular trends. It influences just the way that we perceive entertainment. It has mm -hmm. to be popular. It, it has to be something that you can uh, you can. I'm sorry, I'm a little too early. Um, but it has to be something that is popular and that already has a lot of attention going into it. And that's really how you find out about a lot of things nowadays, especially, and this is just a thing for me because I don't get on social media very much. I find myself being behind in a lot of like memes or, or, or funny videos or things like that. And my, and, and people in my friend group or in my close social circle will try and show me something or make a joke. And it just does not land with me because I've never heard of it before. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you're yeah, in a I think similar... that's an interesting point because I I like 
I mean, I was a little too young for like Vine and stuff, but when I realized that a lot of people reference them uh, in like my social circles and stuff like that, I went and watched them. Like I was in about middle school or something, but I watched a lot of them and like memorized them. And I thought they were funny, but they weren't anything like special, you know? Yeah. And I think that's kind of funny because we put so much emphasis on these little videos that don't really mean anything, but simply because it's kind of a, you know, a connection type thing with other people. So yeah. it's kind of weird that this, like, kind of mindless form of art can be a connection for people. Yeah. And I mean, look at what happened to the hunger artist. Look at what happened to his craft. He was passionate about something. He thought that what he did was, was something that was just genuinely different, something that elevated him and elevated what he did to, to an entirely different level. And look at what happened to his, to his art. Look at what happened to what he believed was quality entertainment. It got put off in a cage to the side at the in the grand scheme of things, right beside the animals, right beside the other things that were not comparable to the newer and more interesting parts of the circus that um, he eventually found himself in. You know, his dissension from believing that he was a, a something that was popular, something that was renowned, something that deserved to be center stage, right? It's similar to that downfall of how popular trends and and new newfangled things, newfangled trends, that downfall of that first day or that first week that they're extremely popular and just a slow, slow dropping down into being essentially irrelevant. Right. So let me let me look at some of this. So whenever do you like are you a fan of art as in like paintings and stuff like that? I I mean, I don't look at them very often, but whenever I do get the chance to take in or I'm, I'm sort of experienced with a, a quality piece of art, yeah, I like to I like to sit there and I like to look at it and I like to think about the complexities of the color and stuff. And that work, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, um, especially with like paintings and things like that, just like the texture and the colors and the way that everything matches together. As somebody who doesn't really absorb it as much, but still has an appreciation for it, I find like almost all kinds of paintings to be interesting in their own little way. So how do you feel about abstract art? Abstract, ooh. I feel like it's I feel like it's interesting. I I'm one of those people that finds it not just, oh, it's 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 nothing that makes any sense or, oh, it, it takes a lot to get used to or, or it takes a lot to understand. No, I just like, I like the colors. I like the uniqueness of it all. I just find it interesting because it's different. I, I mean... I, honestly, abstract art, I am one of those people. I don't think it's... I think it's just very random and I don't understand what's behind it that, like, people really... I don't understand how people, like, make it, you know? Yeah. I feel like you could just put some like some paint splatters on a canvas and then bam it's art. And so I feel like the art I have made 
Like I make sure it has like a meaning and stuff like that. And it's crazy to me that abstract art pieces that don't have a very solid meaning still touch a lot of people. And yeah. so that goes back to, you know, like the intent of art and versus its perception. And what do you think like gives it the most value, the intent that the artist has behind it or how people perceive it? Mm -hmm. What gives it the most? Definitely how people perceive it. Because people can interpret it as anything that they desire it to be. They can take the Mona Lisa as just this random overplayed piece of trash. Or they can take the Mona Lisa for this wonderful artistic masterpiece that can somehow convey two different expressions at the same time in conjunction with being so wonderfully made. And they can be the same thing for three dots on a canvas. It can either be this fantastic symbolism of, of, of freedom and passion, or it can be three dots on a page. It, it comes down to how you perceive it, but whether it's art or not comes down to the person who created it. That's how I think of it. I can agree with that. I feel like, um, well, I agree with that to an extent. I think if someone sets out to make art, if they put three dots on a page and they're like, yes, this is art, I think that's great. But like, you know, it comes down to like if a toddler puts three pages on a dot or three pages on a dot, <laughs> three dots on a page um, and call it art, I feel like, yeah, that is art. But I guess if maybe they're making the art with intentions of getting attention, maybe it isn't really art. It's just yeah. more of a, a plug. Yeah. Yeah, oh man, I, I never even thought about it from that perspective. And, you know, with the, I never thought about uh, at least like actual artistic paintings being made with the intention for attention. It never crossed my mind, but now I can see it happening. And now I can sort of, I can see where you're coming from. And I mean, yeah. that that plays right back, back, right back into the hunger artist. You know, he was passionate about it, sure, but he did it for the sake of attention. He seemed to be more obsessed with the passion of getting, of filling, you know, filling stadiums, you know, people just looking at him in awe, absolute spectacle of a man who has fasted and, and starved his body of nutrients that they take in every single day, often many, many times a day. And he has, you know, taken that away from him, from himself, out of, you know, whatever is going on inside of his probably messed up head hunger hungry hungry head and yeah. it, it if we look at it from the perspective of he's doing that with the intention for attention you can sort of see why it takes him to these extremes if he is dedicated to making hunger art in the sense that he is dedicated to fasting for over 40 days for as long as he physically can but at the same time that act is done solely for the sake of attention and not for entertaining for providing something um he it sort of forces it's like he's trying to force people to believe in what he does rather than right. doing something that is genuinely entertaining um or right. i guess you could say it is right oh, because when you put art it's like it's kind of an extension of you it's not something you do for people i mean like it can be you know like you share your yeah. art so that other people can yeah. connect 
but art can be a selfish thing and that's okay because it's a thing that you need to take out of yourself you know to give to others it's not something that you're like giving to them and you're like you have to like this yeah sort of like how the how the hunger artist does right. i felt like i felt like i contradicted myself a little bit there by saying that he he does this for his sake and he believes that it's art so therefore it's art i don't know he sort of blurs that line with what he does because it's it's such a such a strange art form it's not making music it's not making people laugh it's just what it's are starving. you yeah, yeah starving yourself and just making people look at you like what happened <laughs> why i and think then, honestly um it's irony because art i feel when done right and when you really mean it it should be fulfilling it should be satisfying so the fact that he's hungry tells you that he's not satisfied and he's not fulfilled. So I think that it really goes back to show that what he's doing isn't really art because it's not it's not doing anything, you know? Yes. You believe I mean you believe that there are certain objective things that need to be present in good art to make it good art. I guess he believes in yeah. In his, in, yeah. His <laughs> I mean, yeah, his art can be whatever it wants to be, but good art, something that truly invokes emotions that taps into us and sort of brings out something about being a human into our hearts. You know, it can be play, it can be movie, it can be cinema, it can be, you know, theatrical, it can be anything, right? It could be a YouTube video or, or, or the, I guess, technically a TikTok. It can convey, yeah. it can build something in us that um that we didn't have before and i guess in his case i mean it's it builds something in me it builds me the urge to go to the go to the local trash can and, and throw up because it's a basically skin and bones on a on a, yeah. on a man but it, it builds intrigue yeah <laughs> that's one way to say it um uh, I guess that's why it makes, you know, at first, a lot of people are interested in what he's doing. It builds that intrigue. It's entertaining. And, you know, you have the culmination of his feast, which is a big, huge display. But then after that, people don't really care. And I feel like that is paralleled, which is so wise because Kafka, he didn't get to see social media. But today, that is still happening. People, you know, they are starving for attention. They put their kind of, you know, frail little posts out on the internet and people are really interested in it for a little amount of time. And then when, you know, it's not, it's not interesting anymore, we move on right. to the other animals at the circus. Right. The other thing that's, that grabs our attention rather than just the hungry man, you know, <laughs> as, <laughs> as my, my, my yeah, the the hungry man that couldn't, that could not <laughs> eat anything. Yeah. And yeah, I completely agree. It, it is the same thing. It is the same sort of aspect. It's not like trends dying is a bad thing. It's sort of like how, you know, a fire can hit a forest and then it'll grow back stronger and, and, and more beautiful than it was before. It's part of the cycle, part of that cycle right. of entertainment. But 
The only difference, which once again, you're right, Kafka did a great job of this. The only difference is that that cycle is just changing. That cycle is changing from where it was back whenever he wrote this book, you know, in the 1800s, 1900s, or like late 1800s, early 1900s, to where it is now, where it, all that's changed is just that cycle continues, but now it just takes a little bit faster for that forest to burn and for that uh, those plants to regrow, and there's just a lot more plants, and it maybe not the best analogy, but you get what I mean. I'm... Yeah, where it's just that that change in how the the trends come back, how they die, how they come back, how they die, and yeah. it, it's just his obsession with his trend. I guess you could say he never stopped, and he got frustrated whenever the rightful passage of you know entertainment which is dying and starting something new it didn't work out in his favor his trend did not last forever his no. idea of what he believed to be quality entertainment was not what was readily perceived by society and by his you know his consumers that no longer watched him not consume <laughs> not consume i think that's um also a good way to look at it because he was less fulfilled with his so to say art um so he literally died he literally he could not change and he could not find a way to you know be fulfilled in a different way or perform in a different way you know a lot of if you watch like america's got talent you know their first their first audition is like you know very baseline <laughs> Just getting yeah. the idea across. And each time, each time they progress, they change it up a bit and make something new and they push it forward a little more. Because if you stagnate, then you're never going to improve either, you know, improve your skills or who you are. And so I feel like it really, it reveals a lot about who the hunger artist is because, you know, he's actively not enjoying what he's doing anymore and people aren't enjoying what he's doing anymore but he's not changing it. <laughs> right. It, it seems counterintuitive to the way, the flow of what we of what we expect, you know, mm. of how a trend should normally go. The hunger artist, rather than, you know, starving himself for a couple more years and then eventually dying of drastic amounts of malnourishment, eventually, you know, what, what would be a smarter idea, not only just for his career, but Jesus, for your sake, your bones, man, go eat. A sandwich. Right. I'm sorry, but man, go eat a sandwich. He he's he has to, and maybe that could be exactly what he do. He does, you know. He could go around the world with all of his money, or not so much money anymore, but what he what he's made with all of his all of his starving efforts, and go and you know eat everything, eat one meal from around the world. The the search for the for the for the only food, or the search for the food, or something like that, where he can go out and try foods like he said, was apparently his root cause for his entire disorder. It's just he couldn't find anything that he liked. Okay, then go find something. Go search the world and go find something. I guess that's sort of how a person nowadays should transition once their trend is ended. And sort of how it goes. You know, when the trend dies, you go and you search for something new. So does the rest of society. So does the rest of the people who are consumers and who want to enjoy that content. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, go ahead. 
Oh, I was gonna I was gonna say anything. Go right ahead. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, to kind of put it like wrap it in a nice little bow. Um do you do you think that what the hunger artist did was art and do you think it was good art or better? It was art and it was almost as bad as I felt for him throughout that entire story because he didn't eat any food. Uh that's the best way I can put it. <laughs> he did. Uh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say he did what he loved, but the issue is he continued to move along that same track whilst never trying anything else. And so therefore he fell into essentially being irrelevant. And so too did everything that he believed was, was incredible art. Yeah. I think um, what he did was, I guess I could consider it art. Um, it was bad art. Yeah. He uh, he lost his passion for it, and people didn't care about it. And he did it because he didn't know what else to do with himself. Yeah. That's. I mean, that's well put. Yeah. And honestly, yeah. There, <laughs> that 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 wraps this one up. I had pleasure talking with you, Kalia. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, oh. And and yeah, I think that's it. Sounds good.